What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be going through my top 18 fantasy football tight end rankings. So over the last few days I've gone through my top 36 running backs, top 36 wide receivers, and then I put out my top 18 quarterbacks yesterday. So today's tight end video is going to wrap up, you know, all of my positional rankings. And so I'm just going to be talking about where I have these guys in my own ranks and then just kind of comparing it to where they're going in consensus rankings. So, you know, whether I'm, you know, equal to consensus or higher or lower while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. That helps me out a ton, but enough of me just talking. Let's get into the rankings and starting it off here at number one, really no surprise here. It is Travis Kelsey. Kelsey has just been a locked in high end tight end one for the last like five, six years. I don't see why that changes this season. If anything, he could see an even higher target share. He's the clear-cut top weapon on that Chiefs offense. You know, before it was him and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's gone. It is going to be the Travis Kelsey show. So I feel like I don't need to explain this ranking a ton. Pretty consensus to have Travis Kelsey as the number one tight end. Then number two, I have Mark Andrews. This seems to also be pretty consensus coming off of his tight end one finish, you know, at least in terms of points per game in the 2021 season. I think he's locked in here as the number two. The reason why I do not have him over Kelsey is I do think we could see some regression in the Ravens passing attack. And by regression, I mean just a regression in terms of attempts. So, you know, with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have been very, very low in terms of pass attempts per game. And it makes sense. You know, they want to use Lamar's legs. They want to establish a really strong run game. But last year, a few different factors. The defense was really banged up underperforming they were getting behind early on in games also their top two running backs Dobbins and Edwards suffered you know season-ending injuries before week one so that's obviously going to limit you know their rushing attack so they actually had a pretty big flip from being like one of the lowest passing volume teams in the NFL to being pretty middle of the pack and that's a pretty big jump and so I think this year I'm not saying they're going to go back to like their 26 pass attempts per game but I feel like they're probably going to be in that like 30 to 31 range which I still think can, you know, help Mark Andrews be a high-end tight end one, but I'm just not willing to put him over Kelsey, you know, if that's the kind of offense we are going to be in, but I still think he's a very strong pick, like mid back end of the second round. Now at number three, I have Kyle Pitts, and this also seems pretty in line with consensus. I feel like I'm not varying a ton, you know, here in these tight end rankings, but for Pitts, you know, he's not coming off of some insane fantasy football rookie season. He was solid as a rookie, but he honestly underperformed in terms of fantasy football points. But I mean, the more we look at it, like this was a historic rookie tight end season. The only thing Kyle Pitts was lacking in was the touchdowns. Those are going to come, you know, it's not like he's never going to score touchdowns in a season. So Kyle Pitts heading into year two, you know, him and Drake London are going to be the clear top targets. I think we're going to see him take another jump. He's going to get into the end zone. It's just bound to happen. So even though the quarterback play is questionable, I do think he slots in here at number three. The dude is just so talented and is going to be a high-end tight end one for a very, very long time. Then at number four and five, I have Darren Waller and George Kittle. I actually really like both of these players at price. You know, they're no longer going in like the third round. You can get them like fourth, maybe even fifth rounds in a lot of drafts. I think the value is totally there on both of these guys. They both have some question marks. You know, Darren Waller is no longer the number one target in his offense. You know, they bring in Devontae Adams. So maybe he doesn't have that absurd ceiling he could have had, you know, given his massive target share. But I think this passing attack as a whole is going to be much more solid. And I also just think he's going to be more efficient. 
he was kind of disappointing last year, even before he had like the late season injury. And a lot of that was just due to the fact that he was getting volume. He really just wasn't converting it into production. And that's what's going to happen when you don't have a ton of weapons around you. Obviously, you know, defenses are going to be able to lock in. They will definitely not be able to do that this season. And then for George Kittle, we know he's a stud player. The problem just comes in with Trey Lance. Like, is he going to be getting the same opportunities with Lance, you know, who's going to be using his legs more? I think there are some question marks with both of these guys, but we just know they're both wildly talented, and I just want to invest in these guys. Both of them, I think, can finish as, like, top three tight ends, and if you're able to get them round four, round five, I think that's definitely a risk you should be taking here. Then at number six, pretty solid falloff, in my opinion, from Waller and Kittle, then to Dalton Schultz here, but then I feel like Schultz is pretty far ahead of the next year of guys like Hawkinson, Goddard, Knox, those players. So I actually am kind of a fan of Dalton Schultz this season. I've seen people kind of fade him a little bit. I understand, you know, he has one year of production, didn't exactly like ball out in his rookie sophomore seasons. But if you're looking at this Cowboys team, Dalton Schultz, you know, was very solid last year, operating in an offense with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. And you have guys like Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. So he earned his targets now you have Amari Cooper gone. You have, you know, Michael Gallup coming off of the ACL tear. I think Dalton Schultz is going to be a big part of this Cowboys offense. So I don't know if he has like the elite ceiling to be like a top three guy, but I think, you know, he's basically a lock to be at lowest, probably like a mid-tier tight end one and could kind of sneak into like tight end five, tight end four, somewhere in that range. So that's why he comes in here at number six. Number seven, I have TJ Hawkinson. In terms of my overall rankings, I'm probably going to be a little bit lower on TJ Hawkinson than consensus. I think he's very close to both Dawson Knox and Dallas Goddard, but I just feel like this Lions offense is going to be much improved, and some of these weapons are going to be, you know, really solid. So, you know, whether Amon Ra has a huge breakout, Hawkinson, you know, maybe Jameson Williams, DeAndre Swift, there are a lot of pieces here. A few of them are going to go off, and so I think Hawkinson's a decent bet. Solid production early on, you know, as a young tight end. So he's a guy who's going to be ascending in the future. Number eight, I have Dawson Knox. I'm pretty actually high on Dawson Knox here. When I'm looking at the tight ends in this range, Hawkinson, Goddard, Ertz, Fryermuth, if there's one guy who I think can take that jump and potentially be like in the Waller, Kittle finish, like the four or five, you know, going in like the later single digit rounds, I think Dawson Knox could definitely be that guy. I understand there's risk here. He seems very similar to Robert Tunyon heading into the uh, 2021 season. Obviously, that did not work out. We know a lot of Dawson Knox's production came from his touchdowns last season. And obviously, that's not ideal because that's not something you can rely upon like year after year. But we're looking at this Bills team. They lose Cole Beasley. They lose Emmanuel Sanders. There's a lot of kind of targets that have opened up here. And for some reason, everyone's just like, throwing all this value onto Gabriel Davis when it's like, I'd rather acquire the tight end who's kind of already proved it a little bit, can take a jump in volume and really live up to his ADP instead of just like wildly projecting these numbers on a guy who's had like one really good postseason game. You look back at Dawson Knox postseason, dude had a massive game also. So he's going to be the Bills player that I'm buying in on, you know, after Stephon Diggs in this offense. So I like Dawson Knox here at number eight. If you miss out on some of the top guys, I think he's a decent like later single-digit round option. Dallas Goddard here at number nine. I believe in the player. I just don't believe in the situation. 
Like, how much of a ceiling does Dallas Goddard have when he's competing with uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith in an offense led by Jalen Hurts, also likely to be very run-heavy? I just don't see a ton of the appeal here with Goddard, so I'll probably not have many shares of him. I have his former teammate at number 10 in Zach Ertz. He's going to be on a very solid Cardinals offense. Him and Kyler actually really clicked down the stretch of the 2021 season, so I think he's going to be a solid piece of this offense. It'll be interesting to see how much they use Trey McBride, you know, their uh, 2022 draft selection. He's going to be backing up Zach Ertz. If Ertz can hold them off for this season, I think he has a decent shot of outperforming this ADP. At 11, I have Pat Fryermuth. He put together a really impressive rookie tight end season. It's not easy to put up solid numbers as a rookie tight end. We were kind of spoiled by Kyle Pitts last year and then also by Pat Fryermuth. I just am wondering how much of a jump he can take. When you're just looking at this situation, right, the QB situation, obviously it wasn't good last year with Big Ben. It's pretty much maybe a little bit better, maybe of less volume, but the efficiency may be better without the Trubisky or Pickett. I don't know. You have a lot of weapons around him, Deontay Johnson. You have Harris out of the backfield, Claypool. You know, they drafted George Pickens. So I think Frymouth will be involved. I just don't know if this offense is good enough to like, really kind of have all these super relevant guys. We know Najee's going to get his opportunities. I'm a big believer in Deontay Johnson. So I don't know how Pat Frymuth kind of fits in there, but I think he's a solid like tight end, you know, late tight end one option. Then at number 12, really the first player that has like a serious difference from consensus. I'm five spots higher on Alberto. And I think at this range, we don't really have many like proven options. So I'm taking swings on upside here. And Alberto has all the makings of a guy who could be a potential like elite tight end one option in the future. Just an absolute freak athlete. You have Noah Fant traded to the Seahawks. And now he has Russell Wilson coming in, right? Like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, solid weapons. But I think Alberto could step in and be a big piece of this offense. He may not take that massive step this year, but maybe he comes in at like tight end 10. And then we're really looking at him as a stud in like the 2023 season. But we'll see how it goes. I just can't really pass up on the athleticism and the situation and, you know, the new role he could have in this offense. Now, moving on to the final six players, I have Cole Komet here at number 13. With Komet, I'm going to be buying into the potential volume here. It's why I really like Darnell Mooney. Similar thing here with Cole Komet. He's going to have less competition with Jimmy Graham gone. He was in there taking away a lot of red zone opportunities. Justin Fields really just doesn't have a ton of guys to throw to. The wide receiver room is absolute garbage behind Mooney. So I think Komet will be a consistent option in this lineup. Another kind of, you know, ascending young tight end option. At 14, I have Mike Gusecki. I kind of feel similarly to Gusecki as I do to Dallas Goddard. You're in a situation where you have stud weapons ahead of him. Guys like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, And he's not a guy that I think is going to like compete with these guys for touches. So is Tua going to be able to support both of those players? And Mike Gusecki on top of that, I'm not so sure. So that's why I'm a little bit lower on Gusecki than consensus. At 15, I have Irv Smith. He's someone that a lot of people were in on before he uh, you know, was out for the season in 2021. I think he'll have some opportunities here with the Vikings. I think he could definitely benefit by the change in coaching staff. This could be a more pass-heavy attack. If you're looking at Jefferson and Thielen, you know, maybe KJ Osborne's the number three wide receiver, but he's not like a locked-in, proven you know, solid wide receiver three. So maybe Irv Smith has some opportunities in there. 
we will see. At 16, I have Robert Tanyan, six spots higher on Tanyan than consensus. For me, this just comes down to the fact that we're throwing darts at this Green Bay offense. The wide receiver room is pretty brutal. You know, you have rookie Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins. So basically like a lot of unproven guys and then also like proven guys a few years ago who are now like, you know, just kind of roster filling veterans. So I think Tunyon could play a role from year one. I feel like I'm flipping back and forth from Tanyan and Tunyon. Not really sure which one it is. I guess we'll just roll with both. But I think, you know, he's a guy who could have a role. He is coming off of an ACL injury, but you just want to be attached to this Packers offense, especially because you think it's going to be a good unit. And there's just a lot of uncertainty all over the place. So I'll take a flyer on uh, Tanyan or Tunyon. At 17, I have Hunter Henry. A little bit lower on Henry than consensus. I wouldn't say I'm anti-Hunter Henry this season. He's just not someone that I'm like, overly excited about drafting. He was super touchdown dependent last year. And compared to Dawson Knox, I'm not really seeing where he takes that jump in volume. He still has Jonu Smith there competing with him. This is a wide receiver room that's just like, doesn't really have like a clear number one, number two, just a lot of depth options here. I don't know how heavy of a passing attack this is going to be for the Patriots. So I'm just not super excited about him. I think he's going to be a fringe like tight end one, He'll be a startable option, you know, maybe a waiver wire pickup, whatever. Not a ton of upside, but not a horrible pick either. And then to wrap up these rankings at tight end 18, I have Noah Fant. For me, I think the talent is there. The situation is just brutal. The quarterback play is going to be bad. And you have Metcalf and Lockett, who are likely going to be getting most of the opportunities. I feel like Noah Fant is kind of just the odd man out of this offense. That's why he is here at 18. That is going to wrap it up for my top 18 tight ends. Let me know what you guys think of these rankings down below in the comment section. You know, I'll make sure to respond to every single person. As always, thank you for stopping by. Stay tuned tomorrow where I'll be putting out like my big board, so my overall rankings. Thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you guys in the next one.